most people are wondering, well, where was I from June all the way till now? And it's no great mystery. It's no great mystery because mysteries are interesting and where I was wasn't that interesting. I'll talk a little bit about afterwards. Uh, it, I'll, I'll talk about it afterwards uh, before uh, we have our meal. Um, a little bit of what I did, what was going on, but it's kind of like an official thing we do, or it's really a preparation one does before taking another step into society. You know, the spiritual part is next summer. This summer was more kind of business, and so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in uh, a little bit later. But uh, I actually want to take advantage of the first reading that we heard today. The first reading, because this is one of those things that gets lost. You know, you, you start hearing all these names, Shechem, Beth Milo, Abimelech, the brothers of Gerizim. Oh, who are these people? Whatever. Let's go to the next reading. But this is very interesting. When I saw this reading, and I had to do one thing that they always taught us when, you know, you, you read the Bible, especially when you hear readings from Mass. This is what we call just an excerpt. In order to understand, you've got to read what's before it and what's after. Because this alone is confusing and no one knows what it's talking about. And so I read what was before it and I read what was after it. Ah, now it makes a lot of sense. This first reading has a lot to do with leadership. And I've got a thesis or I've got a th some thoughts on leadership that eventually I've I've got to put out, a, I've got to organize a little bit better. But I think we can agree, there is a leadership crisis in the world today. Not just in the church, or not just in our institutions, not just in our country, in the world. And it's also probably a generation or a generational crisis. Something that we could say that maybe our grandfathers or whatever didn't have. But we've got it. And it continues to grow. I'll tell you a little about that leadership crisis afterwards. But let's go to this reading because it, it tells, it gives a great point of this leadership crisis. Because that's exactly what was going on in Israel. History repeats itself in so many ways. What do we have here? We hear that someone's being made king. And there were 70 eligible, 70 eligible men, the sons of, I think of Beth Milo, or the citizens of Shechem came to perceive Abimelech a king. Abimelech had 69 brothers. Okay, his dad was busy. But these were, we can say, the eligible sons, the ones who had the right to rule. They had to choose one, right? And so they settled on this Abimelech, and they paid him, you hear here, 70 coins or whatever. And what does he do with those 70 coins? He murders his 69 brothers. He keeps one for himself. What was the price of his crown? Interesting, and so no detail is lost in here. 70 coins, he's got, there's 70 brothers, all right, 69 of them, he uses 69 of those coins, each one to go kill his brothers, and they do it. One escapes though, one gets away, and this is the one that we hear, gives a very cryptic saying, he's like, he runs out and he says, citizens of Shechem, 
You know, the trees went to anoint a king amongst themselves, and they turned around and said to the olive tree, you, reign over us, we want you to be king. And the olive tree says, oh, I've got to give up my oil that's valuable. Uh, look for someone else, not me. And so the trees turn around, and the trees are supposed to be Israel. And the one that they are choosing apparently has some sort of gift. The trees turn around and ask the fig tree, you, you, the olive guy doesn't want to do it. You do it. No, I've got to give up my fruit. It's sweet. No, no, no. Go, go to someone else. And then they go over to another one, the vine. The vine's not even a tree. You reign over us. Now, I've got wine. That's valuable. No, I'm sorry. I've got better things to do with my time. And then finally, they go to a buckthorn. I have no idea what a buckthorn is. So I looked it up. Buckthorn apparently is a nuisance. It's a pest. It's an invasive species. You try to get rid of it the minute you find it. Because it it's basically a thorn, like kind of a little that brush that just grows off on the side of highways or whatever. Uh, it grows and it just chokes out everything around it. It just grows so fast. It's got thorns in it. And it's not pretty. It has no fruit. It's, there's nothing you can derive of it. But it just ends up occupying and choking out everything else. That It's a weed, basically that uh, grows in there. That's the buckthorn. And so they turn to the buckthorn, the useless plant. So you govern over us. And the buckthorn says, well, if you're going to make me king, come to me. And I you know, will reign over you. Now, if anyone who knows about plants, I guess whatever you plant under a buckthorn, the buckthorn turns over, chokes, and kills. And what did the buckthorn do? Is this guy that we hear, Abimelech, he turned around and killed all his brothers. So he's the buckthorn. And so what we see here is the brother that got away is warning Israel they made a mistake on who they, who they elected as their king. In one way, we hear the brothers giving the warning, be careful who you elect as your leader. Be careful who you elect to govern or to lead you because one will either make you conform to him and he's not there to serve you, but you serve him, or the other will serve you, will see himself as a servant. The other trees had to sacrifice something, in that analogy of the trees. For the olive tree to be a leader, it had to give up its oil, which was valuable. For the vine to be the leader, it had to give up its wine, which is great. And what did they do? No, I'm not willing to give up what I have. I'm going to hold on to it. Go figure it out somewhere else. And it went one by one by one until they got to the one that's got nothing to lose, all to gain. That's the one they made leader. Be careful who you elect or who you make your leader. The brother that reigned did exactly that. He had all to gain. He made his 70 gold, and he choked everyone around him to death, basically. And so it brings us back to what I was talking about, that leadership crisis. What are we to think of a leader with nothing to lose? What are we to think of a leader that's given up something to lead? What do we think of a leader that has all to gain with nothing to lose? When I was in discernment, I remember Father Eddie had, had asked this of me. He said, what are you giving up? What does it cost you? Oh, you know, everyone says the usual thing. Well, family, uh, yeah, but you don't have a wife, so you're not giving up a wife. What are you really giving up? Your car, your career, money? Yeah, yeah, 
write that down. Take a toll. That is what this vocation will cost you. And if it doesn't cost you anything, we don't want you. Because then what are you here for? To take and not give anything? Yeah, it's an interesting way of putting it. I think there's the leadership crisis that, that, that I see in the world. There's the reluctance of leadership. A reluctance because those who have the gifts of leadership don't want to take it. They're like the plants that we see here. Oh, no, you know, I, I got my stuff. Don't bother me. Don't bother. Don't change my world. I don't want to give up what I have because it's going to cost me to go to leadership. And so they step back. And what is the one thing that they don't want to give up? There's this reluctance of conflict. I get along with everybody. If I'm a leader, that means I'm going to have to confront people. You know what? Leave me alone. I'm fine here. I like to just go out and have coffee with everybody. And so that's one of the things that costs, one of the things that we might have to give up in leadership, but we try to avert conflict at all costs. To be a leader, you're going to have to enter into conflict. You're going to have to, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to fight or beat up people, but no, you will have to confront your brother. You will have to confront those who are with you. And some see that as a loss, and maybe so, maybe a momentary loss of peace, Maybe cost sometimes friendship or getting along with everybody or being known as a nice guy. But, well, we see a little bit of that in the gospel. The leader, the lord of the land, who is generous and gives of his treasure, gives up that wealth that he has for the last one and for the first one. And he enters into conflict with the faithful servant, the faithful employee, the guy who's there from sunrise to sunset. He pays him his due. And because he's a just man, he wants to give something to the one who came last. Well, he entered into a conflict with that guy. And what does he say? Well, am I not to do what I, have with the, what I want with my own money? It's a way of confrontation. But the, so goes the saying, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And in order for that to happen, prepare for conflict. And that's where I think we can see the gospel leader emerge. Well, like I said, I could go on and on and on about this. Probably will one day, but we'll call it there. Perhaps one thing that we cannot ignore and cannot forget from our prayers is certainly our leaders today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.